You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. Welcome to my home. It's my week to preach again at River Rock Church. I want to thank Pastor Chris and the church for allowing me to do this. It's a great opportunity for me and I love doing it. Uh, and my message today is called Living a Mustard Seed Life. And as I, I speak about living a mustard seed life, I want to let you in on a little secret. And I don't know if you know this, but Jesus says that nothing is impossible for us if we just have faith the size of a mustard seed. Do you believe that Jesus can do the impossible through us? Do we believe uh, this? Do I believe this, that Jesus can do the impossible through me? How would our lives be different if we truly believed this and we lived every moment believing that Jesus could do the impossible through us to, to build his kingdom? The possibilities would become limitless and the impossibilities would become null. There's three quotes that inspired me as I, as I worked on this message from two different great men of faith, uh, one being William Carey and the other being Dwight Moody. And the first one, uh, William Carey, and he is my missionary hero. When I was uh, studying to be a missionary, that was my goal in life. Uh, his life and, and what he did was an inspiration to me. And a, a quote from him uh, is this. It says, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Now, he was the father of modern missions and went to India. Uh, the mission board in, in England didn't want to send him, and he decided to go, and he went as a member of the East India Company, uh, working for the uh, help with the indigo uh, farms, of the, the plants that were growing to get indigo dye. Uh, and as he was doing that, he was translating scripture into Hindi and trans into Sanskrit and, and began reaching the, the people of India with the message of Jesus Christ, the saving message of Jesus Christ. The other hero, Dwight Moody, uh, D.L. Moody, he began his life as a shoe salesman and was very successful at that. And he started attending a Sunday school. That was a requirement of his uncle as he was going to live with him. And, and uh, a humble Sunday school teacher named Edward Kimball uh, led him to Christ by sharing with him the message of how much Jesus loved him. And he has two quotes that, that really define the mustard seed life that we need to live and how he lived it out in his own life. The first one is, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And the second one is this. He says, faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. And that's the way that he lived. He lived out his faith. He lived out that love of Jesus that he had been shared with him. And these two men both lived out what I would describe as a mustard seed life. One that was accomplishing great things for Jesus because they had invited Jesus to do it and they had faith and believed that Jesus could do it. So when I'm talking about a mustard seed life, I am talking about living a life of faith believing that Jesus can and will use us to accomplish things we could not do in our own strength. Our own strength. Jesus can and will use us 
to do things that we cannot accomplish in our own strength. So let's look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 14 through 20 and what he did as it was recorded by Matthew, one of his followers. It says, when they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt down before him. Lord, he said, have mercy on my son because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire, often into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon that came out of him. And from that moment, the boy was healed. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? Because of your little faith, he told them. For truly, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And this is the key to the passage, this very last verse. For truly, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain to move, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The passage speaks of both faith, what can be done if we have faith, and the failure that comes from unbelief. The passage contrasts faith and accomplishment with unbelief and failure, which is where we get our bumper sticker for today, which says this, with faith, nothing is impossible. With unbelief, nothing is possible. With faith, nothing is impossible. With unbelief, nothing is possible. Think of it in this way. If I am living by faith, living a mustard seed life, not only is there nothing I can't do, nothing is impossible, but it is also impossible for me to do nothing. Because if I'm living out my faith, I'm going to accomplish things that God wants me to do, whether it's big or whether it's small. But with unbelief, nothing is possible. Meaning, we will succeed in doing absolutely nothing. There is nothing of eternal value that we will accomplish in our unbelief. In Hebrews 11.6, the writer, in the midst of telling us about the great faith heroes, uh, says this, Now without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. You'll find that in Hebrews 11.6. So as we look at this passage, I want to break down what's happening. Let's walk through the passage and see what's happening here. So Jesus, Peter, James, and John have been on the mountaintop. They have seen Jesus transfigured. Uh, Jesus has met with Moses and Elijah on the mountain, and they're coming down. And as they're coming down, they see this crowd. And in the midst of this crowd, we find some of Jesus' disciples, and they're arguing with the scribes. We find that in Mark chapter 9, uh, verses 14 through 29. Um, and so as they're arguing with the scribes, uh, the a son and a man uh, who uh, the son is possessed by a demon are also in the crowd. And the man comes out and he falls out on his knees before Jesus and he begs him to heal his son. So the crowd is there. The disciples are there. The scribes are there. The man comes out and, and his son has been endangered by a demon who causes him to have epileptic like seizures. Uh, falling sometimes into fire and sometimes into water. Uh, so I need to take note here, um, and we're going to step out of the passage for a second. Demons do exist. 
Jesus believed and taught that they exist. I'm going to believe Jesus that this they, that they do exist. There is a spiritual battle that's going on around us all the time. Uh, we see the results of it sometimes in our world, that, that the effects of that spiritual battle. It is real, and we are a part of it, and we need to understand that, and we need to 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 make sure that we know that. At the same time, not everything that's bad that happens in our world, uh, like epileptic seizures, are the result of demons. So not everybody who has epilepsy is possessed by a demon. Some of them have medical conditions that cause them to have those types of seizures. The man who had brought his uh, son to his disciples and he brought them to his disciples because he knew that they had cast out demons before. Or maybe he was looking for Jesus and Jesus wasn't there and he found the disciples and asked them to do it. I'm not sure on that. But we know that uh, the disciples themselves had cast out demons before because Jesus had specifically sent them on a mission to do that. And we see that in Matthew chapter 10, seven chapters before this one. Jesus sent out these 12 after giving them instructions, don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles and enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the uh, house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. Jesus had sent them out with the very mission to cast out demons. So they were able to cast them out. Um, now, as the this case, they weren't able to. So as the story continues, Jesus in exasperation exclaims, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will you be with, with, how must, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Bring the boy to me, Jesus says. And as Jesus is rebuking the disciples, he's rebuking the crowd, he's rebuking this individual man. And they bring the boy out, and what the disciples were not able to do, cast out this demon, Jesus does with ease. Now the disciples, they've been humbled here, uh, and they're a little embarrassed. And so they approach Jesus privately, and they ask him, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus tells them it was because of their little faith. Their trust in Jesus and the authority that he had given them uh, was inadequate, or it was lacking. It was too small. Now, Mark describes this private encounter like this, and this is in Mark chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. It says, after he had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. So we see that there's, that it is their little faith, their unbelief, their lack of reliance on God that prevents them from casting out this demon. And so now we see a close link between faith and prayer because if faith is a reliance on God. We need to be asking God. That led to their inability to cast out this demon. It is then that Jesus drops a bombshell on them and he tells them just how little faith is needed to do the impossible. He says, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So how small is a mustard seed? Well, if you look at a strawberry, those little uh, seeds on the outside of a strawberry, that's about the same size as a mustard seed, 0.05 inches in diameter on average. It takes 100,000 mustard seeds to weigh a pound. That's how small they are. How big is a mountain? Well, Mount Everest, according to one website that I went to, is estimated to be 357 trillion pounds. So if I have 0 0.05 inches in diameter faith, I can move 357 trillion 
pounds of mountain. What Jesus is telling them is that they don't have to have phenomenal, superhuman, superhero faith to accomplish great things for God. They just have to have a small amount of faith and it has to be uh, properly placed completely and only in Jesus Christ, nothing else. In my introduction, I asked, do we believe that Jesus can do the impossible through us? Do I believe this? So what keeps us from doing this? And that's unbelief. That is the lack of faith or self-reliance, which is misplaced faith. A lot of people say they believe Jesus can, but they don't believe that Jesus can through them. See, Moses had this problem. We see it in, in Exodus chapter 4, 10. And, and God had asked him to go to Pharaoh, to go to Egypt, and to, to set his people free. And here's how Moses responds in Exodus 4, 10. Uh, but Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you've been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. And yet God, working through Moses, as Moses becomes obedient and takes steps of faith, is able to bring the entire enslaved nation of 603,000 plus men and women and children on top of that, out of Egypt, out of a, a nation that is powerful and has armies where they have none, and he, bring it, and he does it with ease. Uh, God does it with ease. Unbelief is the inability to see or doubting God's ability or willingness to act. So I'm just going to go ahead and call that doubt. Part of unbelief is doubt. Another aspect of uh, and uh, part of this doubt, and, and one of the problems with doubt, is doubt causes paralysis. We don't ask and we don't try, which leads to be us being very, uh, very successful at accomplishing nothing. That leads to us being very unsuccessful. Unbelief can also come from misplaced faith. And, and this is usually faith in ourselves. We place the faith in ourselves or in formulas or things around us rather than in Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and call this self-reliance. And this is a form of pride. It, relied, uh, it, it results in religiosity. It results in these uh, trusted formulas or methods to accomplish the things that God is trying to do rather than uh, trusting in God. And what this leads to is pseudo-accomplishments. Yes, it may grow a church, but a church that is doing nothing, that is having no eternal consequence. Um, so we need to be careful that we're not slipping into formulas and self-reliance that may look like faith, but it's not. In Mark's account, the Father and Jesus have this interaction, and it points out uh, the doubt section of this. Teacher, I brought my son to you. He is a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy and when the spirit saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions and he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said, and, and many times it has thrown him into fire, into water to destroy him. But if, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. In addressing both doubt and self-reliance, Jesus rebukes his disciple, he rebukes the man, he rebukes a crowd in this passage, but then he makes it personal. And he points out the man's doubt when he asks him, if you can. 
The man's response, though, is perfect because it shows the connection between faith and prayer and what in essence, and, and, and he in essence prays, help my unbelief. Now, he's not asking Jesus to make him a better doubter. He's asking him to remove his doubt. And this is one of the ways in which we can grow in, in living a mustard seed life, is that when we doubt, we need to pray. We need to ask God to strengthen our belief and to remove our doubt because faith is trusting in God. We need to, to ask him to help us trust him. When Jesus meets with his disciples privately, he addresses the self-reliance aspect of their unbelief. See, they had been sent out before to cast out demons, and they had been successful with that. Uh, they had done that in Jesus' name in the past, and they, but this time they were not able to do so. So in my sanctified imagination, I'm, I'm kind of seeing two things are happening here. One, we see them in the crowd. They've been arguing with the scribes. And my guess is that the scribes have been sowing seeds of doubt because they're telling them, you cannot cast out demons this way. You have to follow our formula to cast out demons. And I don't know what that formula was for the, for the, for the Pharisees or for the Jews. But the disciples may have also been relying on the methods that they had used in the past, that, that they were uh, simply relying on a series of words or phrases or prayers that they had prayed in the past without even focusing on Jesus or on his authority that he has given them, without focusing on his word, without focusing on the God who gave them the power to cast out the demons, instead trusting in themselves rather than trusting in God. There's a passage in Acts, in Acts chapter 19, where we see another group of men trying to use a formula to cast out demons, and they're trying to use Jesus' name as a magic word. And, and, and we find that, that, that this didn't go well for them. They get the snot knocked out of them, and they end up running away naked and embarrassed. So let's, let's read Acts 19, verses 13 through 16. It says, Now some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Shiva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this, and the evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. These men tried to use Jesus' name and authority as a formula. They tried to use Jesus' name as a magic word, and it ended up in a painful um, uh, experience for them, a painful failure and embarrassment. You see, faith is not a formula. It's not a series of magic words or complex actions. It involves a relationship with Jesus, trusting in him uh, to be involved in our actions. So how do we do it? How do we learn to live this mustard seed life, to, to get cast aside our doubt, to become more reliant on Jesus? Well, first of all, uh, we need to know Jesus and his, uh, and his word. We have to build a relationship with Jesus. We have to build a relationship with his word. And then secondly, we need to take steps in obedience to him as he speaks to us through his word and, and through, um, through people and through his Holy Spirit. Every message I preach, I come back to these same things uh, almost always, and it's this, that we need to have a, a prayer life. We need to build our relationship with Jesus through prayer. We need to build our relationship through, with Jesus through the Word of God. We need to build our relationship 
with Jesus by gathering with people of God. Because Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there uh, uh, with you. So as we do these, these are the places where we find Jesus. And that's how you meet, uh, build a relationship with Jesus, by being where Jesus is. If we want to know Jesus and grow in our relationship with him, we need to have all three of those things in place. Once we know Jesus, and once we know what he is asking us to do, then we need to begin taking small steps in faith to further his kingdom. We need to sometimes stretch ourselves obediently doing what he asks, even though it seems like it's something that we are not capable of doing. We can't let this become, though, a performance mentality. We can't let it be something, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do. It has to be something that we're doing because God is asking us to. And it has to be something that we're relying on Jesus to do in and through us. We have to have that relationship of reliance, a mentality of reliance on Jesus as we go about this. See, I am going to rely on Jesus to help me accomplish this step today because I believe that is what he is asking me to do. Not because I believe somebody else is telling me to do this or believe I believe that this is what I should do in my own strength. If you look at our church, we are a small church. We're small in the world's eyes. We may be small in our own eyes. But Jesus has given us a mission. He's given us a mission to reach Belle Plaine and the surrounding communities with the message that Jesus is the Messiah, with the message that Jesus has come to save you from your sins, that Jesus has come to give you eternal life, that Jesus has given you, come to give you hope and peace and joy. Uh, and the people need that. Unbelief would look at our church and say, uh, with so few, this is impossible. It would say, let's just fold up the chairs now and quit before we embarrass ourselves. It, it would say, I mean, if we were a mega church, sure, we could do this. But with the resources that we have, no, it's absolutely impossible. But Jesus says, I have given you every resource you need. You have it all right now. You have it this day. You have it every day. I have given you all the resources you need to succeed and to accomplish my will. And he will do that through us if we will trust him in that. Faith looks at our church and it says, Jesus, you've got this. It says, look at all the people we can reach through you. Look at all the people that you are calling into your kingdom that you want us to touch. Look at all the opportunities to bring everlasting life and joy and peace to a people who need it. It says, we can't wait to hear you say to us, enter into my rest, my good and faithful servants. We will accomplish what was humanly impossible because, uh, because Jesus says that we will and that he, that he comes with us. John tells us that if we are connected to the vine, that if we are living and abiding in Jesus, if we have that strong relationship with Jesus, that we will produce much fruit. And we can do that if we are trusting and relying in Jesus, living that mustard seed life. Think about the time when Jesus did something great. I want to talk about one specific miracle. He fed 5,000. He fed 5,000 with five loaves and two small fish. When I look at our church, I see much more than five loaves and two small fish. We are much more than that. We are worth more than that. We are capable of more than that. And we have a city of just over 6,000 to reach. If Jesus can feed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two small fish, he can reach the city of Belle Plaine with the people that we have, a city of 6,000, which is many more resources 
than what they had to feed the 5,000. A couple of decades ago, people were wearing bracelets that had WWJD on them. That's, what would Jesus do? The mustard seed lifestyle asks, what would Jesus have me do today? And then we go and do it, relying on him to help us accomplish that. Let me share a simple example from my life this last week of, of how I have been trying to live out this mustard seed life. Now, I have made a commitment to carry a Bible in my car and uh, one of the little New Testaments that the church gives us to, to, to hand out. And inside there, there's a little hope uh, business-sized card on hope and a $20 bill, which I put prominently on top of everything so that people will see that. And as I'm driving around, when I see these people who are begging at intersections, I have made a commitment to hand out these Bibles to those people. And last week I was driving, um, I was uh, driving in a, at an intersection. I was in the wrong lane and there was a family there. They had their sign that, you know, we're on hard times. And uh, God was speaking to me and he said, Dan, this is one of the families that I want you to give that Bible to. And so I, I because I was in the wrong lane, I, I circled around the block and came back and got in the right lane and gave this Bible to them. Now, um, it's a simple thing that I do, an unbelief. The thoughts of somebody who's in unbelief would say, uh, what if this fails? This isn't going to accomplish anything. They're just going to use the money to buy alcohol or, or drugs, and they're going to throw the Bible away. But the thoughts of somebody who is thinking on mustard seed faith type steps says this, Jesus, you've got this. Jesus, you can use this Bible to help them. Who cares how they spend the money? Jesus, if they open up that word of God, you will speak to them because your Holy Spirit says that you will not let your word return void, that it's going to accomplish its purposes. And so, Jesus, I give that to them, knowing that you are going to have them open that Bible and it's going to accomplish its purpose. Can we find one thing each day that requires us to rely on Jesus? Uh, share a word of scripture with somebody, volunteer for a ministry that we've longed to do but felt we were not capable of being involved in, uh, invite someone to watch one of the church uh, videos with, with us in our homes, wake up 20 minutes earlier so we can spend time developing that relationship with Jesus in prayer and through by being in his word. Can we commit to continue to grow in our release relationship and our knowledge of God, of God and his word? Can we commit to taking small steps of, in obedience to him, sharing God's word with others and inviting them to join us? Can we commit to trusting and believe that Jesus can and will use us? If we step out in faith, we can live a mustard seed life and we can see God accomplish what seems impossible through us. May God do that in your life this week. God bless. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.